Welcome everyone to Seek, Go, Create. This is Tim Winders, your host. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry. Today, the conversation is all about things in the digital space. We're talking about social media, digital ads, how to get your message out, how to connect with your ideal customer, things that all of us, and I will say especially me, need to hear. This could be just a training session for Tim today and uh, you get to listen in, but glad you're here. I'll get to the guest in just a moment. I uh, just want to remind everyone that your host, Tim, has released or will be releasing, depending on when you're listening to this, my debut novel titled Coach, A Story of Success Redefined. You can find the details at seekgocreate.com forward slash book seekgocreate.com forward slash book. And depending on when you go there, you can get a download of the first chapter, find out about pre-release, or just get the book. It is, I'm very pleased with the way it turned out. I'm very excited about it. I've just done a reread, final edit, and I believe it's going to be a blessing to many folks. So uh, go out and get that book. Uh, Today, we've got Meredith Callaher as our guest, and she, this is her bio, she says she creates value for business owners by connecting them with their ideal customers and clients using, these are great three words, I love them, creative, strategic, and authentic digital advertisements. Meredith, welcome to Seek Go Create. Well, thanks so much for having me, Tim. So happy to be here. I am glad you're here and you're checking in from Miami, and I know that the weather's probably awesome down there. I, uh, I Before I get to a lot of other fun stuff we're going to go into, let's do a quick pretend. We bump into each other somewhere, and I ask you a question. Meredith, what do you do? What do you typically tell people? I tell them I create and run Facebook and Instagram ads for small businesses. Wow. Good Good, simple, concise. You know, at times I ask the question and five minutes later, we've got, uh, you know, people still talking. So, so very, very nice and targeted there, um, which I love. There's, there's one thing, well, there's a lot of things. Tell me. I'll go ahead and unpack some things. I'll go ahead and pack some things here. As as I just mentioned, I'm actually, I've got this book I'm releasing, got a podcast. I'm a business coach myself. You know what I have the biggest challenge with? Tell me. Is identifying, is identifying who my audience is. (laughs) I, I sometimes don't know. How tough is it when you do what you do? If someone like me says, I don't really know who my audience is. Um, it's, well, it's tough, but usually I can clear it up for people to say, listen, because a lot of people, this is a problem to figure out who their audience is because they don't want to leave anybody out. They, you create something valuable, like you create an amazing book and I'm sure you can identify, but this would help so-and-so and and this type of person and that type of person. And and if I create this um, audience, define an audience, then so and that leaves out so-and-so who would love the book and -and so-and-so would love the book. But the truth is, and a lot of times we call this identifying your niche, right? Identifying your audience, really your audience. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. for marketing purposes. And it's just for clarifying your message. But you are allowed to sell your product, whoever the heck you want to sell it to, and whoever wants it. All right. So sometimes that, and I know that doesn't answer everything, but sometimes that not, that information relieves the pressure off of people because they're like, okay, we're not going to leave out so and so and you know this 75 year old guy that i know would love the book because we identify our target audience as millennial women that work in big cities or something you know we can still sell to him but the thing is identifying your audience makes not like our life so much easier um as far as our life because i'm now helping the business owner create their marketing content but um you know, we, um, we know who we're talking to, first of all, so we can, and really, um, you've mentioned that even before we started recording that the word authenticity, authenticity is in um, my marketing for my business. And it's really important to me. I actually, I, that's what I feel good at, like writing, like I talk. And so it, it allows us to feel more authentic if we know who we're talking to when we write brand copy and we create images yeah. and all that. So, so I guess, and the other truth, the other thing is, is I went on, I rambled on and on, but um, I get excited about no, this, this topic. No, this is good. Um, the no, other truth is. Is, is you can have more than one 
um, ideal client or niche or audience. Um, in fact, especially like in e-commerce businesses, often we can identify six or seven and they might create whole digital sales funnels that work for one person than another. But even as um, uh, course creators or um, inf you know information leaders, um, we can have more than one ideal audience, but it's good to just start with one. And, and honestly, it's like, who is bought, who, if your book hasn't come out yet, but when it came out, who bought it first? Like, who is the first person to um, exchange value with you, give you their money for your value, you know, and start with them. So don't make it complicated. And, and so, yeah. So one of the things that I think could factor into it, and I agree, because that's actually a nice way of saying that you don't want to eliminate people. I actually wonder if my issue is a little bit more of a, uh, I'll use the word arrogance, that I just think a lot of people would be interested in what I've got, yeah. which is sort of related to that. But, uh, but I get it. And, and I also like what you said, that we need to target it for marketing purposes. Because in the digital space, we've got to know who we are talking to. And, uh, and I think that, I don't want to say it's a challenge for a lot of people. I mean, I observe some people that do this so well. I mean, they niche their, their market down and they know who their people are. And I just, I don't know if I like to think I'm a generalist or something like that. So um, anyway, all right. So let's, let's go big before we kind of get down and and I, and I do want to let the listener know we are actually going to talk about some specific strategies and some things that are going to be very valuable but i want to talk general stuff right now related to the digital space social media you know google ads and all of that kind of stuff we've got We've got some companies in Facebook, Google, um, you know, I guess we could throw the others in there, Twitter, Instagram, which is part of Facebook, obviously. Pinterest. We've got some companies that are, yeah, Pinterest, that are controlling a lot of stuff in this space right now. I kind of have this issue at times where I, I love that we're able to target like we can, but then also get a little bit nervous about the type of control these companies have. Is that a legit uh, mindset to have, or, or I mean, is that okay for me to ask questions like that? Yeah, no, I think that's a fair um, question, and um, and that's why it is good to, you know, not not let them keep everything. Like, don't build your whole business on on an organic social campaign, which you some people could, you know, if they nail it um, their organic marketing campaign, but. At the, I mean, I've heard of this before, like when the Google logarithm switches, um, you know, people just all of a sudden their sales go down, you know, to the toilet. And so it definitely is good to have a diversified plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess those are things like email list and things like that. And yeah. um, because I've, I've done, I've got clients that I work with. I'm a leadership coach and I work with um clients that I've, I've done a little bit of the advertising that's not an area of expertise i've just done it just to kind of play around and see what it's like and i always tell people that it is so cool that we can target people like we can but at the same time it's also kind of creepy yeah <laughs> because because up until recently we could also do it by you know how much money they made i mean some very very hyper targeted mm -hmm. demographics i I think some of that's being kind of messed with now. Someone yesterday was talking about how some things Apple are, are doing is kind of impacting their, you know, email marketing and things like oh, that. Yeah. What, what you've been in the industry for a while. Give it, give us a little bit of history of Meredith with all of this. Okay. Um, yeah. My brain's firing off to tell you about that Apple situation, but I think it can come into oh, this a little bit. You, no. do, you want, do you want to jump into that? You want no, to jump to that real quick? <laughs> I can build it into this a little bit. Um, but I, my history with digital advertising is um, I started seven years ago with a franchise and I, um, so we're on Facebook. I sold, I, I owned a 
local magazine here in Miami where I featured locally owned businesses and it was a high end kind of expensive print, expensive for them to advertise in print publication. I know what you're filming me. I was going to show you it's under my computer. And um, since we're on, it's this fancy little magazine. And this was the first year I did it for five years. This is the scout guide for listeners. It's in 60 cities. It's close to you where you are now in, um, in, I think it's called the parks. It's in Salt Lake City, I guess. Um, mm. And anyway, when we started, I was one of the new one of close to their inception, maybe a year or two after their inception. And my franchise agreement with them, the main point was to print this magazine. We also it said that we had to have a Facebook business page for the Scout Guide Miami. That was the name of my business. Well, as franchise owners, the 15 of us then, there's about 70 now, um, realized that our clients would really like us to have Instagram as well. So we, we kind of did it to ourselves. We sort of, because we ended up all creating these um, Instagram pages called the Scout Guide. Mine was Miami. There's the Scout Guide New Orleans, Salt Lake City. And we did influencer type marketing for them for like five years. So I learned a lot. That was where I learned quite a bit on and um, how Instagram worked and that, you know, what kind of posts work to promote businesses. And it was really fun. And then because I developed this skill in um, local advertising, basically, I partnered with another woman, a friend that was kind of an expert in local advertising. And we created an online course for businesses. It was called Instagram strategy. We ended up niching down to doctors, Instagram strategy for busy doctors. And as we were marketing the course, we decided to do webinar. We, we ran a free masterclass and then we sold the course on a masterclass and we hired a Facebook ads manager to get participants to the webinar. And she did it. Like we wanted 500 people to come to that, those webinars and the ads, she got them there. And that to me was like magical. I was like, how did that work? And I, um, before all that, because I'm not young, <laughs> I was a CPA. I worked for Price Waterhouse. I'm a real numbers person. And I saw the power, I mean, the, to, to run a digital ad campaign on any platform, you, it's, you really want to analyze the results and all your numbers and um, that number component plus the creativity and just the magic of Facebook and Instagram ads um, launched me. I decided to launch my own business. Um, and about 15 months ago, I took several classes. I got certified as a Facebook and Instagram ads manager and started uh, yeah, offering to help other small business owners. And it's been super fun. And that, so that's my so story. One thing, one thing that's fascinating to me, it's a very interesting, I guess, to be a, a CPA. I think I saw you were with one of the big yeah. They used to be the big eight. It was shows six how old when I, I took a job. Now they're it's not, four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now they're four. They're yeah. getting smaller. They're going yes. to zero. I don't know what's happening there. Mm -hmm. um, so you were with one of the big six and, and a CPA, that is a very, um, let me see if I could say this in a very nice way, a very boring. detail data. Well, I didn't say boring. You said boring. <laughs> um, position and role is that was your training i guess you i mean you probably have degrees in accounting in i'm accounting, guessing in accounting yeah yeah i made a mistake i um i um love exercising my creativity but i do love numbers and truthfully like mm -hmm. um it was fun to do well in accounting classes you know i also like to uh, have that entrepreneurial blood where I like to succeed and be successful. And like, um, and it was came fairly easy to me accounting, which doesn't always, isn't always the case. So um, I was proud of doing well in those classes, but I didn't think long enough. Now I have a son starting college and I will guide him to like, remember just because you're good at a class, you need to think about what the, you know, your job will be possibly. And you can change a hundred times like I have, but yeah. So, so it wasn't fun. I didn't so enjoy that work. So, so a quick question I want to go back because one of our big themes here on the show is redefining success. Yeah. And I'm always fascinated when I see a story where someone was CPA and now they're helping people with digital marketing. And I think we'll make a connection with that in just a moment because mm -hmm. I think data and tracking is very important. However, at some point in your life, you either 
there was some event or you just woke up or over time you went, dang, I, I made a wrong choice or this choice isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, walk me through and the audience through what that redefinition of what you were trying to accomplish looked like because because that's a, that's kind of a big deal to make a shift from a big six to all of a sudden being business owner, entrepreneur, to now being working with people in the digital space. What happened there? I wish I could say it was a, um, I had learned to manage my thoughts and that I've, I've done a lot of work now where I, um, you know, I now know that I can change my thoughts to get different results and, and that it was a very altruistic decision. But the truth was when one of the times that, um, they, they were shrinking in numbers, this, the eight that became six was in 2002 when um, Enron um, was the oil company in Houston. It they basically were cooking. I mean, the the basic story if we watered all down was they were cooking their books. They were lying on their reporting, and they their whole huge company went down. And so did Arthur Anderson, the the accounting firm that was that had had given them good audit reports basically they said their numbers were okay and so i was working i'd been at pricewaterhouse for six years at the time i was working in i never loved it but i lasted a long time was also stubborn and like to work hard and that's a long time in big four accounting world six years um and i was getting like you like to go i was uh, working out of the Zurich, Switzerland office. And I'd been there for two years. I'd never been to Europe before and I wanted to try it. So we um, went to Switzerland and the our home office called. I had met my husband in between. We married, we met at Pricewaterhouse and we were both employed by PwC Switzerland. And they called and said, listen, I know it's time for you to come home but we gave everybody's jobs away to people from Arthur Anderson <laughs> that needed them basically. And we were in, out of Dallas. So don't worry, just keep working in Switzerland and we'll, we'll, you can, we'll bring you home later. And I took it as an opportunity. They were willing to move me home and not give me a job. And um, so that's what we did. So I was like, you know what? I think I've, had, I've not liked this from the beginning. So, but, so I was very brave. I said, I'm going to do something else. I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to try to do my own thing. And I did since then. But now, like, the, um, the, my thought process now is I just love creating value and helping businesses generate value and then getting it into the hands of people that, you know, seeing a value exchange. So. I don't know my, so, I mean, I, I mean, I love making money. I'm not saying, but I, so, but I love like um, generating money because I created like help another business create value. So it's super fun. You solve issues. Yeah. You solve issues for people and there's, and there should be a, a nice exchange of value, which includes money your way for that. So it's it's interesting to me and, and those that have listened here and been part of the Seek Go Create community, they have heard me say this before, but I'm always fascinated with how people make a big change like you made. Yeah. And, and, and I've got a theory that, that, that it only falls into two categories. There are the people that make a concerted effort to, to make an adjustment change. They search out different opportunities, whatever. And then there are people that have some form of a force or a catalytic event that says, bam, Arthur Anderson is folding. There's going to be a glut of CPAs on the market. We're going to get some of them. We may or may not have a job for you. That was kind of kind of our background story back in, you know, 06, 07, and 08 yeah. was it really changed a lot of my paradigms. And, uh, and I'm one of these guys that would love to say, oh, well, I can make a decision and make the change. But, but then we're kind of forced. Have you ever thought back about what would have happened if that whole scenario didn't play out? Would you still be there if they said, you know, we got a job for you in Dallas. Yeah, come on. In fact, we're going to give you a little bit of a bump in salary. Uh, you know, we might be moving you towards partner, which is the big deal in that whole arena, I know, and all that. Where where would uh, where would you be now? Where would, uh, you know, where would um, Meredith be with her career had that event not occurred? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I bet you I'd be right here where I am now. But I think it would have taken a little bit longer. Um, 
I think I was empowered because it was my choice to go. And so, mm. um, I mean, I was, I think I was about 28 or 29. I think if I had, I really wasn't, I couldn't figure out, there's a lot of learning. Like I couldn't figure out why I wasn't happy at Pricewaterhouse. And I kind of, there was some shame around it, like, and uh, blah, you know, and I think now I think you can learn to see value when you work for a big corporation. Like you just start mm -hmm. creating value for your employer. But at the time it didn't feel like that. Like I didn't understand what I was contributing to the world. So anyway, I, I but I think I would have ended up here. I feel so suited for what I'm doing now, but I think it would have been a little, maybe more painful or rockier because yeah, because I don't like to quit. So it would have taken me a little while to figure that out. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's interesting. You brought up a word that I've used before that I hate to admit to also in this word was was shame. It's kind of funny so. how we allow things to define us in this culture that we're in. And then if something changes or adjusts or something, I mean, listen, I, I was I was very shamed by all that went on with our businesses and things like that. And and you you brought it up. So I'm going to ask you maybe just say a little bit more about it. Was it just because you were supposed to be a CPA and move up the food chain and all of a sudden it was changed or where did the shame come from? I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I it, the job. Um... I didn't understand this at the time, but the I just didn't feel good at good at being an auditor at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and um, and I thought I should have been like I should have been good at that. And I think there there was mistaken thinking in all of that. I think I was just doing just fine, and that like should is such a triggering word. Like I think if we just take shit out of our vocabulary, <laughs> like it is what it is, and just go from there and put all the drama around it and um yeah so but it, it came from that i think it came from i should they, these people gave me this dream job it was a dream job, and i should be really good at it i should be happy there i was in zurich switzerland and i loved Switzerland, being in switzerland but i hated the work and that was shameful to me because i should have using air quotes liked it mm -hmm. yeah Silly. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting, Hal. And that's it's a big theme here is that, you know, that definition of success. I'm guessing that somewhere along the way when you were growing up, you probably, you know, were where education was important. You said you did well in accounting and things like that. And the natural progression is, is you go work for either an accounting firm or gosh, it's even more awesome if you could get with one of the big eight, six or four, depending on what where we're at in the, the, the progression yeah. there. And then all of a sudden at 28 years old, we go, hold on a second. I'm not sure that I like this. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not sure that I'm great like I really want to be. I mean, I, I, I get exactly. that totally. And so what I love by having the conversations is that we give other people permission to kind of go through those same thoughts. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's very, very important. And to use a word that you coined very authentic, because I believe authenticity is important to us projecting who we are. Now, you went through this kind of pre social media when i went through a lot of our issues it was kind of early stage social media i can't imagine people right now that are going through these kind of what i'll call identity crisis in the in the age of social media now authenticity is is great i'm gonna i'm, a, I'm about to really throw a little curveball here so get ready for it okay i'm going ahead and tell you the pitch that's coming it's gonna be a little bit of a curveball i'm ready for it i'm ready Auth authenticity to me is sharing a little bit of what we just discussed, but I also believe we're in this real world with social media where you can be too authentic and share too much. I, I don't know why, but the two words hot mess just came to mind. You know, there's some people out there that they, they're kind of, they own the hot mess uh, brand yeah. <laughs> and they use it. And, but yet it's important for us to really share who we are What's going on? My wife and I, we're, we're both 58. No, I'm 58. She's 57. And it could be our generation or whatever, but we kind of struggle a little bit. Everybody tells us, y'all should be sharing more about living in an RV and traveling and all that. And we just kind of like, we want to share a little bit, but we don't want to share a boatload of stuff. So 
authenticity, what to share, what not to share, where does all that fit in? Um, see how I tied all that together? Yeah. I don't know if I did it well, but see how I brought it all together? Now we could talk about today and what's going on. Talk about authenticity. Okay. Well, my answer to, first of all, you do not have to be on social, no one has to be on social media if they don't want to, and they don't have to share anything that they don't want to share. Uh, now, if you are a business owner, you still don't have to be on social media, but that's just for in general. So your personal life, for sure. I mean, I know that might the living in the RV. I'm not sure if that's part. If you teach on living in an RV, I didn't get that far. But anyway, but, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't teach on it. But that's what everybody wants to know I about know. Well, every time they meet us. They go, "Tell me more." Yeah. Well, it is curious and endearing. But here's the, so, and then in business, so that's just for in general everyone. In business, you also do not have to be on social media to operate a business um, and period. You just don't have to. Now, if you were choosing to do that, I, and you have a website, I, and I would probably suggest going ahead and optimizing your profiles. You don't even have to do this, but like you could put your uh, Facebook profile an Instagram profile, depending on where your audience is, you know, if you think they are online, your LinkedIn profile. So if someone goes looking for you, they find you and you tell them in the profile to work with me, do this. So if you're not using social media, go to my website or call me and you can on all these profiles, you can put a number, email me, tell them what to do and be consistent everywhere you are. Now, the third group is if you are a business and you want to use social media, then I do have a little bad news. In my opinion, you have to get a little personal because it's social media it's not business media. And nobody really, nobody, especially if you're B2C, the people, which means you're a business targeting um, consumers, um, not you're not targeting other business owners, but even if you're targeting business owners, but specifically those C's, those consumers, they are not getting on social media to hear about your business. They're getting on there to be social to, I mean, I know I started Instagram so I could show my mom pictures of my kids because we lived in two different cities, you know, and I actually love still to see uh, other people's kids. I like to see my brother. One of my brother-in-laws always posts pictures of his meals. He I married into a big family. He gets a lot of teasing on um, his posts, but I think it's fun to see where he's going to eat in Houston, you know? Um, anyway, but that's why these C's got on social media. So um, as businesses, we can't just, it's like walking into a cocktail party. You wouldn't walk in there and go, hey, I just wrote a book that's coming out next week. It's called, you know, Seek, Go, Create. My name's Tim. Like you wouldn't do that. You would go and you'd meet different people around the room. And then when it came up, you would mention your book. So yeah, but there's ways to do it. Now, uh, um, so there are definitely ways that you can, you can, um, create relationships, you know, instill community with your audience um, and share things. Like I tell, I used to, when I was working with the doctors, you do not have to post pictures of your children if you don't want to. Like you don't have to talk about your kids. You don't have to talk about living in the RV. Although that is probably very easy content since you, you know, you, you're an expert at it. But um, yeah, like there's just different things you, and I like when you're creating a, a marketing strategy, you just pick the three or four things you want to share and um and just go with those you know and sure yeah so so let's say i know we've got a lot of business owners we've also got a lot of ministers we've got a lot of leaders of organizations that listen in and 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 i think in the past we also have had a lot of people that may want to start something um i think it would be valuable if we kind of had a discussion and I went, I read some articles, you got some great stuff on your website and some other things like that. Maybe we can talk about those, but Thanks. I think it would be valuable. Let's go ahead and make the assumption that someone wants to play in the social media sandbox and they want to attempt to grow a following, an audience, whatever we want to call it, so that they can do some business in that arena. Yeah. Talk, talk about... I don't even know if there's a mindset because I do think you need to have a certain mindset when you step into those worlds. 
Um, I don't know, is that fair? I mean, can, can yeah. you maybe, I think you shared it just then, but what's maybe the mindset? And then there was one great article that I saw that you wrote, you know, the five content topics of business needs to post on Instagram for 2022 or something like that. And I've kind of uh-huh. got those written down. Maybe we can discuss that. But, but what, 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 let's just say Tim and, and I, and I am on social media, but sometimes I'm one of these guys that just likes to stir things up politically and things like that. And then other yeah. times I just like to encourage and uplift and, and all of that. It depends on the platform I'm on, mm-hmm. but, but let's just say that I was wanting to do more business in social media. How would you coach me? What would you tell me to do? Um, well, and you asked about mindset too a minute ago. So, um, Good. I don't know if I can do it from memory, but there, um, I, I took my paid advertising, um, classes through a company called digital marketer and they wrote out a customer's, um, journey with a business, a customer's value journey was we create awareness and then we engage with them. So we, we let people know about our business. They've never known about us before. We get the carried awareness, then we engage with them. Then we um, enlist them, but that's not the right word. Basically get their email, but they subscribe to us. That's the word they use, engage, subscribe. Then they convert, then they make a sale with us. And then we um, elevate them to fans, basically. Like we, um, we get them excited about the business and then we maybe make them another offer, but we elevate them to fans and then maybe promoters of our business and they start doing our marketing for us, right? They start telling other people, we get, that's where we get referrals and they help us on social media. So knowing that, that that's the customer value journey, one, mis- one, I guess, frustration that sometimes people see is they hope that social media is gonna get them a bunch of conversions, sales. But if you can, especially when you're getting started, but honestly, the whole way through, use social media and other parts of the customer's value journey, like the awareness and the engagement, and even like facilitating the subscriptions to your business, like offering them free content maybe, but then also later in the customer's um, value journey with your business where um, you're getting them excited. Maybe if you're an online salesperson and they buy something from you and they get it in the mail, you know, asking them, I see Etsy sellers do this, to post on, share their, what they bought on Instagram and tag us if you do. Like I'll get that, I have teenage girls, so they buy who knows what they, but these um, cute little, not expensive outfits, but these makers are really smart. They send a card and say, hey, post your new outfit on Instagram and tag us and we'll share it. And my, you know, my daughters actually don't cause they're shy, but if they weren't shy, they would, um, that's great free content for you as a business. So anyway, so if you're getting started, um, I'm not saying we can't use it to get sales. I'm just saying if your goal can be to create a community, to build awareness, then you'll be way ahead of the curve. Cause once you get, if you get annoyed or frustrated, then you can sort of start to unravel or lose interest, you know, and it works really well for that. So start with that in mind. And then, um, you have to, I mean, consistency wins. So you have to commit to, um, to consistency, to showing up people knowing that you're going to be there when you say you're going to be there. And really, if you can promise yourself that you'll be consistent and you'll engage with people as they start following with you, then um, you will win as far as like building your community. Is there a platform? This is kind of a loaded question. Is there a platform that you like better than others currently? Or I hear this all the time. I'm just going to put stuff on all platforms and, you know, just Mm. pop it up. I do agree with you. One of the things you said that I think was a very powerful statement is that many people have this, uh, I'll call it a magic pill (laughs) thought of, um, or silver bullet or something like that from social media. They believe if they start a page, put up a website, uh, you know, build a profile and put three or four posts up there, that they're just going to magically have business flowing to them. People are going to be beating their doors down. And there's just a lot of stuff going on out there. And 
I, I, I guess it could happen, but I just, that's not my experience. A lot of, there's a lot of activity out there. So, so do you have some, a platform you like? What do you typically recommend if someone's kind of been dormant and then they're about to get a little bit more active? What do you tell people? How do you coach them? Um, it's, I love Instagram. I just think it's fun. Um, the, I, I enjoy the engaging part of social media, talking to people and the, um, the story tool, which now is on Facebook too, but the story tool, um, is such a great way to engage with people, um, because it allows you to tell a story. It allows like the, the way that people, the content that people use is very, authentic and very it feels like someone's just talking to you one-on-one so the dms that people use talk back and forth the truth is um again it sort of depends on your audience you know um linkedin is great uh, if you're business to business um i um people use it in different ways the engaging isn't quite happy i mean that i hate to say that because as soon as i say that there'll be someone that says i get so much engagement on linkedin i think you can um my all my engagement on LinkedIn is this, and I'm a business guy, so I should love LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But all of my engagement is people trying to sell me something. Yeah, <laughs> the the people I've got coach in my title, and everyone there, not everyone, almost everyone, wants to either be a VA for me, yeah, or show me how I could be a million dollar coach. Right. And and so I get a little I'm, I'm sorry, it sounded a little cynical. That's because no. I am a little bit. I'm like, going, I don't even want to go to LinkedIn every time I go. I'm just like loaded up with these messages. So, yeah, it's really odd. But, you know, and some of these platforms can get a little junky yeah. that way. And what's odd, though, is I've heard almost everyone say that they enjoy currently we're doing this in 2022. Instagram is one of their favorites. Our son, who actually edits the podcast, so he'll yeah. hear this. He, uh, a few years ago, or like, well, he was like 2,500 followers on Instagram. And just recently, I think he cracked 50,000. And, wow. and he hasn't done any paid or anything like that. It's just been steady, everyday posting stuff, kind of in photography and travel space. So, and, and it seems cleaner than some of the other, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. Um, I think because of the images, that sometimes it feels cleaner. Um, because that's not the um, ideas. Like in Facebook, sometimes it's driven by the words. Now there's a lot of images there, but um, yeah. I, I, Facebook works really well for people too. What's kind of cool about Instagram and Facebook, you can sort of work them together since they, you can literally can, you can post on Instagram and it'll, the same thing will post on Facebook. And um, it's probably smart to do that at first to see where your people are responding to you. Um, most people get more traction on Instagram. Should, should it be a place? I mean, someone said that where do you hang out? Maybe that's where you should start trying to build and grow. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that makes sense to me, though, because truthfully, I love consuming on TikTok. Yeah, I love those little short form videos and watching people sing and dance. And but I don't know that that's me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so I'm not sure that that's a that's a rule we should go by just because where you hang out Um, anyway. But 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 you do need to spend time there. Correct. If you're if you're operating a marketing strategy on the platform. Yeah, yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. Fifteen minutes a day, I would do if um, engaging with people. Um, so just fifteen minutes a day? Come on now, come well, just fifteen. Uh, yeah, minutes. some I people mean, live there. Some people are living there like twenty four seven. No, for your business. So, um, okay. Uh, t- if you decide to post um, on Instagram, now that won't take the. I mean about the engaging piece, but if you, and I recommend to use, um, it depends on, actually, I don't always love to batch content, but um, when, and I'm not using social media right now for my business. I mean, I I love Instagram, so I'm on there and I post, but I'm finding my clients um, through email and word of mouth because I don't, I keep about five at a time. So I'm just not, haven't needed to use it yet. But um, anyway, if you were, and when I did for like the scout guide, I like to use a tool like later where I can sit down and batch my content and meaning the, 
the posts we're going to put the like, you know, when my mind's fresh and I'm ready to write captions that are engaging and pull the pictures. And ideally, like when I teach business owners, especially if they don't love it, like block out four to five hours and once a month and create a month's worth of content of the, and then you can actually schedule it out. You know, you can at that during that time, the, the later, if you use that one, there's a lot of different softwares. I think Facebook even maybe has a free one now that you can use through them to schedule both Facebook and Instagram posts. But even if you do all of that, you cannot batch or pre-schedule the engagement piece. And this is what's key. So if you want to start on any of these platforms, probably, but um, I love to talk about Instagram and Facebook, the way to grow on Instagram or Facebook without paying money is hashtags, which we can talk about in a minute, meaning you you hashtag your content that helps people, that helps your post be searchable. So if someone's searching for an, um, a subject that you've hashtagged, they can find you or you, they're not, or they're not, and they're not just going to come. They're not just going to happen onto your account. You have to go engage with people on their accounts. So this is the 15 minutes I'm talking about for 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes, however much time, Gary V, the marketer that some of you all might've heard of Gary V, this, uh, marketing millionaire, billionaire, he suggests 90, he says he, this strategy, he calls, um, a buck 80 strategy. He says, spend a buck 80 on Instagram every day. He says to leave 90 comments. So on 90 posts, leave your two cents. Um, that proved a lot. I was able to do about 30 that felt manageable to me in about 15 to 30 minutes. So what I do is I would find a hashtag that I thought my ideal clients would use, or, um, you could go to someone else's followers. You can look at them. This is not you're not doing anything, but you're just looking at their followers. You look at one of their posts, recent posts, you make a comment on it. And um, Gary V says, leave your two cents. Not, we're not just talking about smiley face emojis or, um, you know, awesome. What I found, and I've actually paid someone to do this for me, like a VA for me. Um, if they'll ask questions like, oh, where'd you, where did you do that today? Or whatever the post is about, where'd you get that sweater? Even just a question that asks them to respond. They go look at who's the crazy lady. Now, and they, you, they really don't think you're crazy because you, they see that you have something in common. You're, you're doing this on your ideal audience's post. That, that's how you get followers and how you, um, they come back and they follow you. So you want to engage with your ideal audience every day. Um, yeah. And then, or, and, or you can use paid ads to grow too, but most people start yeah. organically and it works well, you guys, because uh, you're, you're creating content that these people want. So they're going to come follow you. Yeah. And these platforms, they're looking for people that add content that keep people around. Yeah. And so that was a great, that was a great tip there. I'm, I broke that down. I'm going, all right, I guess I need to go start being social on some of these <laughs> yeah. social channels. Um, there was an article that I saw it and here's the title of it. The only five content topics a business needs to post on Instagram for account growth in 2022. We call this plan the big five and they were, you, you said education, lifestyle, a villain, personal deets and product service protocol description. I think a lot of people with businesses or I'll, I'll give you, let me just point, point to me. Let's just say that I've got a book coming out and I haven't been interacting much, even though I do on some of these platforms interact some. And all of a sudden I just start talking about buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think what you're saying is, is there needs to be a balance of different content topics. And are, are there any of those you want to talk about a little bit more? The one that's kind of a question for me is the, the villain one. But any of the others, education, lifestyle, personal details, product service, uh, any of those that you might share a little bit more well, so that we might uh, know more about them? Um, I think that some of them are, um, I just run through them quickly, that what we think the big five, and I say we, because that when I was teaching the doctors, we, the, we, my business partner and I um, came up, we called it the big five strategy. We spent a lot of time. Um, thinking it through and setting um, organic strategies that we were thought were really cool. And, um, you know, we want you to educate your followers. So, um, so we want some posts around education. And what we would suggest is when you sit down once a month, you've got these five, the big five, and we want you to build, if you're going to post five times a week, so on, you know, that's maybe 20 posts a day. So we want you to come up with four posts 
for each of the five, let's say. And we suggest pick an education topic, pick a, um, what did I, what, what did I, I tweaked the names, but pick a, pick a villain. I'm gonna tell you what that is. Pick what it is. And basically this month, you're going to come up with four, um, four posts around that. Like for me, maybe it's, um, Instagram organic strategy, possibly like I'm going to educate you or what's the latest logarithm updates. And I'm going to talk about that. And really we suggest, so you don't have to brainstorm this every month, just make you exhaust that topic, exhaust that education topic. And when you're when you've exhausted it, it might be this month, it might be five months from now, switch to another education topic, right? So it's just supposed to help your content creation easier. The villain comes from, um, I like for businesses to start with their brand story. And that's what I do, like just from the very beginning, you know, write your brand story. And I love Donald Miller's book, Building Your Story Brand. And, um, Donald talks about the villain in that book that he says to pick your, so we're, we're talking about your ideal customer's villain. He says, fill in the blank. If my customer didn't have to deal with blank, their life would be so much easier. So for me, maybe it's the logarithms I'm going, but, uh, or um, Facebook ad changes possibly. I don't know. And, but that villain is just what's annoying. And you don't want to talk about negative all the time, but it is a way to connect. If you can identify what's really irking your uh, customer and kind of, you know, make posts about that. And yeah, so the other, and then you heard in there, there was personal deets. So we, you know, we suggest that you decide what it is you are comfortable talking about. If it's not RV life, maybe it's a hobby. Like we, I mentioned to you, I like to run. Maybe I talk about running. And um, I create four posts a month about running. I do want you to make a sales pitch, just not every day, you know? So you work that in once a week or on, on your feed, maybe once a week. That was a, that's important too. I think there are a lot of people. And I, I had a call yesterday with a client that we were discussing uh, closing. We were talking about closing and uh, they actually were talking about being on the phone with someone and not really getting to the place where they said, hey, do you want to do business with me? Yeah. And 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 I think a lot of people may do that. You know, we see extremes, it's, and it's easy to see in social world. You see some people that they're just pitching all the time. Yeah. And then some people that are just sharing but never pitch. And I, I think what I'm hearing is that there needs to be some type of some type of balance there. So, all right. So let's just say we go through and do all this organic and then someone says, all right, I think that I need to pay some money. I need some paid ads. I need to, I need to, you know, put some money behind this to market advertise just to get a little bit of extra juice. What are some things that some people need to think about? You mentioned you've done work with doctors and others. What, what is the process someone need to go through if they're leaning in that direction that they think they may want to pay to expand their reach or connect with more people on these platforms? Um, so I, I've, over the last like 18 months, or I keep scoring that, 15 months, I'm not exactly sure how many months. So I keep changing it every time I answer you. I've changed my mind on like what is, what are ads great for, what it's important to know. Um, because I've seen some heartbreak because they, um, digital advertising is expensive. Um, it's gotten more expensive. That's, I said I was going to work that into my story, but I, um, in 2020, sorry, I'm backing up. I'm going to answer your question, but in 2020, right. digital ad advertising got really cheap for those who stayed in because so many big businesses like target the cruise lines pulled completely out and so if the smaller businesses that stayed in were getting amazing results for not very expensive so that was cool and then um and then in 2021 which i started my business at the end of 2020 um sort of competing against these other advertisers, these other Facebook ad strategists that had gotten people really great results. But it was actually good for me because I never experienced that glory days because in 2021, Facebook really increased their prices. First of all, they came out in third quarter and said that they went up like 47%, that one of the reasons their third quarter results were so good was because they increased ad costs by 47%. So there's that. And um, 
the businesses came back in and Apple, what you referred to, they did um, up, increase their privacy um, rules, which is great for privacy, but it, um, Facebook spent a billion dollars fighting Apple on the iOS 14 update, which most people started downloading in April, 2021. So let's see, you're now, um, and but they lost and Facebook lost. And so it affected the way we can track people. So um, that like, it basically, the short, it just, it was another factor that got, people were getting more expensive results. Um, so all that being said, just know it is expensive. And, but I'm talking about Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram are actually one of the least expensive places to put your dollars. And there's a reason for that. Google, even Pinterest and YouTube, they are search engines, basically. They, um, and you pay for hot leads there. So we tell you, there's a bunch of different ways you can run ads on Google, but basically you say, if someone searches for this keyword, I wanna be at the top of the search results, right? And you see that when you search for something. I used to skip the ads, but now I'm like, dang, if they're spending the money, I always go to the ad, the people that have advertised that pop up there because they're spending their hard-earned money to be there at the top of the results, right? And Facebook gives us coldish leads. Sometimes they're warm, but we use their detailed targeting and say, we think this person that has all these different um, characteristics that we're telling you, we think they're going to buy our product. Well, that's not quite as valuable as someone searching for our what we offer right then, right? So that's why Google charges more. So that being said, Facebook and Instagram are a good place to start. But just know it's not super cheap. But also know that a good way to do it is to not necessarily use it to make a sale, which some people are like, well, that's what I want to use it for. But it's the, the first place you could start is to quickly grow your community. Meaning uh, we just went over that um, Instagram and Facebook and all of all the social media platforms are great to, um, you know, get people excited to let them get to know you. And then you offer them a sale, whether it be, you know, you do it once a week, or you bring them to your website, and you close them there. Um, but you can use ads fairly not too expensively to um, gain followers and to build awareness. So, you know, with the algorithms, you've heard of this, that we, we post something and only your son might have 50,000 followers, but if he looks at the reach of his, um, now his, uh, the, he can see the reach of his followers. He can also see, he can see the reach that he got from his hashtags too, which is often, sometimes we get great reach from that. But anyway, it, let's say they might only go to 5,000. I'm not using a percentage. I'm just throwing a number. 5,000 out of 50,000. You can pay, and I'm not talking about boosting a post, you guys. You could do that, but it's better to go through ads manager because it's a little more, uh, you get more control. Anyway, you can you can pay a little bit of money and make sure that your followers, all 50,000 of them are seeing your post. You can you can use Facebook and Instagram ads to grow your following. And and until this year, most marketers would tell you that was a waste of money. You know, Mark Zuckerberg owns our followers, but now because all digital ads have gotten a little expensive, we're kind of changing our tune on that. We're like, well, you know, Maybe it is a good place to use the money to grow your following and then either, you know, use a consistent campaign to make a sale. That's the first thing. So if you, so you can grow your followers. We actually did this with a business, gosh, five years ago, four or five years ago that we put money into just getting more followers on our Facebook page. Yeah. That's that's where, and we just had a budget and we just did it. We, we used some posts and some things and we, we grew the followers to, I don't even know how many, I mean, it might've been a hundred thousand plus of people that were interested in this particular part of the world that was a vacation area. Yeah. And, and, um, and the thing that I always had this theory on, and maybe you just backed it up or maybe I read too much into it is that once you get those followers that 
have a demographic that might be leaning towards your audience, your ideal audience, or close to your ideal audience, then you could actually do marketing specifically to your followers Yeah, that has a little bit lower cost, shouldn't it? I mean, I, I, my thought was is it should have For a lower sure. cost. Well, is you that can, right? You can do it organically with cost paying zero, just like you're saying, you know, the difference of having a hundred followers that see that con that marketing you're doing yeah. or a hundred thousand is still great. It, but, but then you could put a little money behind it too, to make sure you're reaching your followers. And, um, and it's a good, and it's a good way to get into digital advertising, but yeah, I don't want to say it's the only way I do want to talk about using it to get sales, but I just want to start with that. That, that yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and do that. We don't, we don't have a lot yeah. of time left. So let's talk about going ahead and moving to a, to a way of getting sales. And then I'll probably have you talk about what type person works with you and you work with them okay. as we finish up. So let's talk about getting sales and getting some business, bringing in some revenue and yeah. money from, from these digital ads. How do we do that? Well, the best, okay, so if you have a product, an offer that you have sold and you've proven that it is um, valid, that it's a, you know, valid proven offer, that's the best time to go. That's like, I, I did change my tunes and I promise I'll be best, but like, if you, it's, it can be heartbreaking if you don't have a proven offer to invest money and then you don't make any sales using Facebook or Instagram. The truth is though, if you want to figure it out fast, it is a good way. I mean, if you don't mind spending some money to see if your offer works, because otherwise sometimes it's slow to go, you know, one person at a time. But I just just know if it's not proven, you might you might not get any results and you got to change a piece of it, you know. So anyway. Well, I, I also think let me interrupt here. I also think that's where someone who understands data and numbers like a former CPA. For sure. Um I mean, if you're just throwing money out and thinking, here comes the business, I'm just going to spend it. I mean, I, there's, there's a client that, that I work with right now and that we've, we've got a digital company that we're working with. And one of the things that we're really discussing is that we want to make sure we have the data to make decisions. And I think we can make quick decisions in this world mm -hmm. so that we can stop doing this, start doing this, turn right, turn left or whatever. So is that where your CPA, is that where your yes, accounting yeah. comes in? <laughs> exactly. I love reading the numbers. And that is what's fun is um, we can take a bunch of assumptions and guesses we've made organically and really see what's working and what's not working and um in facebook and instagram ads and it's so yeah so it is it's a fun it is a good way to test and read the numbers but also that people are making great sales and the best way to do it right now this has been a while but especially with the rising ad costs and is um again not to send ads to people and invite them to buy something even though e-commerce people are doing that and they do they they use a lot of numbers and calculations like often if you see i, I talk to friends of mine or my girls they see a how did facebook know that or instagram know that's the perfect dress that i would love you know because we're targeting you and but usually they're not making money they they e-commerce advertisers make a lot of money on volume so they might be spending eighty thousand dollars on ads getting a hundred thousand dollar, you know, back. It's a numbers game, but you don't, um, if you're talking about one coaching program, a hundred courses, even the best way to do is to, um, run an ad to a freebie, a free piece of content. And, and so give the customer free value, get their email address and then make them an offer, on the email, we're making offers on the thank you page of the freebie often. Um, so they they download the free PDF or the free video series. And as soon as they enter their name and email, a offer pops up there. Um, that works well. Um, yeah, but I think the, that's the best way to start with like a coaching program. And so you... And so you pay for the traffic that goes to the freebie. We're doing this, I think, I hope I'm hearing you because this is exciting for me. Yeah. We're doing this with uh, a client now in the real estate space. We've got an ebook that we've created and we're testing to give away either the first chapter for someone's email address or the entire ebook. We're okay giving it all away Yeah. because we're testing what would generate them giving us their email address 
and then we market them for a membership program that we've got that ranges between 49 and 99 dollars a month that someone's able to come into that uh, community yeah and uh, so, so what you're saying is maybe pay for traffic especially if we know the the metrics of the product downline from the funnel yeah. I don't think people, if, if you don't know, I, this is something that I heard you say, and I'm going to say it again. If you don't know what you're going to sell when you give the ebook away, maybe you shouldn't be spending money on ads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to do that. Correct. Oh God. I have a friend, my good friend that does that all the time and it just stresses me out because I know their family and I'm like, why are we collecting these email addresses if we're not sure? what we're going to sell them later. Yeah. Um, it is fun. It does because it does. I mean, it is fun to grow your email list, but you want to have a plan. And, and, um, and you know, the truth is I don't want to discourage anyone. There could be a chance to run an ad directly to the membership, but the thing is it's, it, they feel expensive because you know, you have room to play. Like if that membership is $49, I mean, to get someone to buy it, it could cost 30 bucks. It, the ad straight to it cold and 30, you know, that's a lot. It just starts to be a lot of dollars too, which sometimes people that don't know, especially my friends that don't love the numbers like I do, they're like, but what do you mean? You want me to spend $5,000? And I'm like, but look, you're going to make 20,000, you know, but it's just like, but it's $5,000. It's hard to swallow. So, um, but what's cool is I love that you're testing because I would also test with the smallest amount possible. Um, meaning, sometimes you know don't give them the whole start with the first chapter see how that works and test it against the whole book um sometimes i think i see people give too much i know that sounds weird but it's well first of all why would they come back they've already gotten this great value from you so um somebody i love but i get i get i get suspicious at times if i go like if i go to meredith's website and she has all this stuff valued at thousands of dollars all you have to do is give us an email address i'm going I, you know, she, this is just me talking. Seems seems a little desperate. What's going on? You know, yeah. I mean, so so I, I do think it kind of needs to match the value. We talked about value earlier. It needs to match the value of what you're giving. I'm giving my email address and I'm getting some free content. Mm -hmm. And I probably know if I'm somewhat savvy that they're going to market some other stuff to me. They're not getting the email address just because, unless they're like your friend, just collecting email yeah. addresses. <laughs> what are you yeah. going to do with all these email addresses? Mm -hmm. So anyway, you were about to say something. Well, I liked that. I, t um, I heard someone say, Jody Moore, she's from Utah and you're neck of the woods. She's actually not, she's from Idaho, but she's, anyway, she says. We're close. You're Utah, close. Idaho, whatever. Yeah. She, um, she says, $5, like think about $5 value. What would um, create something that you think you might charge $5 for, but instead ask for somebody's um, email address. Mm -hmm. I like that rule of thumb. Um, I think it's good because you want it to be valuable because people want quick wins. That's what I, I do feel like sometimes if we give them too much, it's overwhelming. Like for me, my, I like to go, go, go. And yeah, I'd rather, I get kind of overwhelmed if it's too much. I want to like get a quick win from what you give me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. And, and it's kind of just the way we do relationship. We talked about engagement earlier. It's just kind of like how we engage back and forth. So that's really good. So we're getting pressed on time. What else do we need to know? What else do you want to share before we wrap up and finish up here? I think, um, I think that, well, there's so much, but digital ads, you guys are, are an amazing tool and they can really work to enhance your business, to test hypothesis, to reach, they're really great for reaching new people. Um, and then once you make some sales and you know what, when you have a good offer and organically people are buying it, we really can use digital ads to explode your sales. That's really fun. So um, I'd love for you to reach out to me. I have, I do have, I write a blog once a week with, um, I, I just call it building her business blog. So I started from what I did to build my business and um, post weekly about that. It was just an easy way for me to organize myself. But, um, but also if you don't find what you're looking for there, I have a place you can book a free call with me. I'd love to hear about your business and I could share where I think ads would add value to your business. Sure. Yeah. 
who, who, what type person should reach out to you? And you can go ahead and tell them the website and all yeah. of that. We'll include it down in the notes, but go ahead and do that. And then I've got one more question before we finish up. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my website is my name, MeredithCallaher.com. And Callaher is kind of funny. It's got a K, K-A-L-L-A-H-E-R, but I'm sure it will be in the show notes. Yeah. And um, really, I, I work with different size businesses. There's small business owners that are interested in using ads to scale and scale their business or make sales. Um, right, right now, I'm working a lot with online coaches and course creators, um, but I do have um, a couple e-commerce clients if you're there and you're interested in hearing about how I can help you too. That'd be good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Meredith. Hey, we are Seek, Go, Create. It's the title of our show here, those three words. Uh, I'm going to let you pick one of those words that resonates with you more than the other two and tell us why, and that'll be my final question. Seek, Go, or Create? I love Create. I am thankful for the opportunity to get to create in my job. I love to, um, and I really love to write. So uh, creating um, value in my own business, value for my family, value for other people's businesses is uh, just brings me joy. So I like that word. Excellent. Thank you, Meredith. I, boy, I had a good conversation. I love this. And I will say, I did go read some of the articles and all at your website. So I encourage people to go do that and uh, connect with Meredith and uh, just see what she can do to help you out. Because uh, I think the conversation we had here was very, very, very cool. And, I, and she let me kind of poke around at some stuff that I, I told her it might be a little bit, we, we might kind of go at it. It wasn't yeah. too bad, I don't think. But uh, anyway, I enjoyed the conversation. If it's been enjoyable for you, please share this episode. That's the number one way that people get exposed to podcast is uh, when someone that they know shares it with them. Take a screenshot, put it on your social or take a screenshot or share this episode out of the player you're in with uh, a friend or someone who might gain some value for learning more about social media pay digital ads and things like that and we've got new episodes every monday folks so make sure you uh subscribe listen in go rate us if you haven't rated us yet on your podcast app and until next time continue being all that you were created to be